Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hello, hello. Yo, yo, yo. We're back. It's fall. It got cold. It got cold real fast. Not where I am. I am in Scottsdale, Arizona, where it is 90 plus. It is a heat wave. Let's talk about it, listeners. Alan's on a guy's trip. Yeah. Okay. Him always talking about, you know, he was coming for me when I was trying to have a hot girl summer. It never happened, but I was trying to. But Alan definitely is out here having a hot boy summer. Not hot boy, just enjoying life with some fellas I went to college with. Mm-hmm. This is our annual guide trip that happens like every five to seven years. I was getting ready to say because it ain't annual. It, it hasn't. Yeah, been it really isn't annually. It, it's really not. All right, but so it's a lot of fun. Tell the listeners what they want to know. The, 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 the <laughs> Which is what? Tell our women listeners what we want to know. What really goes down on the forty-five and over guys trip? Uh, number one activity is uh, trash talking. Okay. That, that goes on um, mm-hmm. a lot. Um, we don't find out anything about one another. That that would be like inappropriate. There's no connecting. Um, healing. Like, Either healing, y'all. Any of that? <sighs> um, the consumption of alcohol happens. <laughs> um <laughs> Um, I will say my guys this morning woke up. It's funny. They woke up and they started, um, they started like exercising, like push-ups and stuff. And I videotaped it. I'm like, yep, I'm listening to this to my wife. This is what we did all weekend. I thought you were going to say like, oh, it's funny. Like everybody woke up and we started making breakfast and. Yeah, no, somebody made breakfast. Okay. Yeah. I I normally would have done it, but you know, one of the homeboys stepped up and made breakfast. Okay. And uh, it was nice. I made a, um, it's funny, the night before we, we had been drinking a little bit and I was starving. I went to like a convenience store as one does and got a, like a, a chicken pot pie. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> I put it in the oven, was waiting a whole hour and I go to get it and the oven's not even on. <laughs> oh my. First of all, because if it was in there for an hour, it would have burnt up by that time. No, it said cook it for like 40 minutes. I had... Like I turned the oven off and let it cool, and then I opened it. That thing was frozen. Oh my gosh! I guess you didn't eat that night. I just I just ate sleep for dinner and then just <laughs> got up and cooked it in the morning. I had a, a Popeye for breakfast today, so and you know, that's how you know do. you're not this really a good friend because you only went and got one Popeye. You're the only one who was hungry. Like you didn't think about nobody else. No, I got two actually. Okay, and I'm sure that was for yourself. And plus. Aren't you supposed to like pat it with some chips? You ain't get no chips to hold you over while the no, Popeye no, no. was we, in the oven. I went grocery shopping. We bought the oh. essentials. We bought uh, lemons and limes for the bourbon and the tequila. We bought watermelon and cucumbers also for the bourbon and the tequila. That, I know that was you. We, that was you. No yeah. one else oh, wanted yes. that. Oh yes. Um, yeah, we got a couple things. What are the snacks? What are what are male snacks? Uh, it's chips. Okay. 
barbecue ruffles. I don't know. Just no. an assortment Just chips. of chips. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That's it. All right. Yeah. Does anybody have any unique uh, eating regimens like on a trip? And so it's just. Yeah. One of my homeboys is eating everybody's leftovers. Like I was planning <laughs> on eating my leftovers <laughs> and they're gone. Um, that's about it. <laughs> oh, I made awards. Hold on. I made awards <laughs> for the guy trip. Hold on. All right. Here, I'm just going to give you some of the awards for the guy trip. All okay. Right, hold, on, hold, on, hold on. All right. Some of the awards for the guy trip. Uh, worst suitcase was this is like a, awards we came up with before the trip. Like, we'll, okay, we'll, we'll vote and I we'll vote on who you're gets, wrong for even award. having that because you used to be number one <laughs> with worst suitcase. Okay, um, let's see, worst suitcase, um, tightest shirt. Okay, okay, the don't go in there for 35 to 45 minutes award because you okay. know, yeah, got a house and you know, some bathroom sharing. Um, and then finally, um, let's see, oh, we, we're going to an event that's outside and it's 90 degrees out. So the final award is sweatiest. Yeah. I was going to say, who sweats, <laughs> who sweats the most? Okay. Yeah. So okay. it's fun. It's fun. All we're going right. to have, a, there's a little putting green at the crib that we rented. So we're going to have a putting contest in a little bit. So it's okay. fun. Swimming. I do want to tell our listeners and then we'll get on topic. Um, I've been in the airport with Alan and his suitcase literally fell apart as we were walking through the airport to the point where he had to just hold it in his hands like a baby. Like he had to oh my God. or the plane. Yo, what are we talking about? <laughs> You're yo? the one who told Let's us. Let's get into the show. You said there's an award. There's an award for worst suitcase. Oh my gosh. I get it that you glowed up, but don't forget where you came from. <laughs> Whatever. That's Whatever. all. Okay, well, we've talked about a lot of things that have nothing to do with our actual show or the information that we're sharing today, but mm -hmm. yes, I think our listeners will be excited about what we're talking about today because everybody's talking about it. And a lot of times there are things that are going on in the world on social media that everybody's talking about and we don't. It's not that we're ignoring it. It's not that we don't know that it's going on. It's mm -hmm. just that I know it may not seem like it. We do research for our shows. And so we do not want to talk about a thing until we feel like we have adequate research or insight to talk about it from an informed perspective. Facts. So, you know, back when everybody's talking about NFTs and all types of wild things, yes, we know what's happening. We're not going to talk about it until we can talk about it from an informed place and also have a stance on how we feel like it impacts the financial market. Facts. So today we're talking about artificial intelligence. AI. 101. AI, yeah. not yeah. Allen Iverson. <laughs> there was that meme that said AI could replace like a hundred million jobs, and the quote was, and there's a picture of Allen Iverson. Why would he do that? <laughs> like underneath there. <laughs> so the reason I wanted to talk about AI is like it's one of these topics. If you can think back to like Y2K, mm -hmm. when everybody thought that the computers were all gonna end. Uh, if you could think back to like when the internet came out, like there are these moments in time when a new technology comes out and taxi drivers are talking about it. Everybody's talking about it and people are kind of rushing in and not really knowing what it's about. So I realized that we were at that moment with AI because my mom asked me if I have been investing in that thing that she's been reading about AL. Al. Like, okay, Al. I like AL. I'm like, oh, mom, you mean AI? That's an I. That's not an L. <laughs> it could be an L, though, depending. It could be like an <laughs> element, aluminum, because that yeah. could look like aluminum. 
So at the moment when my 73 year old mother, God bless her heart, is asking me about AI, I'm like, yo, we got to talk about this. Yeah. Okay. One of the reasons why AI has become so popular recently really is because of chat GPT. Yeah. So chat GPT was launched to the public in November of 2022, and it went on to become the fastest application to reach 200 million monthly active users in history. And so when that happened, people really jumped on that bandwagon and it's a cool technology. I was going to say, you, have you tried you, it yet? I haven't. I'm not, I'm not interested at the moment. I know you've played around with it. I know other people I in have. our office have played around with it as well. Yeah. Chat GPT. I mean, here's how I've used it. So it, it can be used for generating articles, essays, jokes, poetry, um, it can be used for a lot of different things. So I didn't know what it was about. So the first thing I did was I said, can you write me a, a rap song about a girl I like? And it came up with bars. Like in seconds, it came up with bars. Um, I then asked it to write me a 30-minute speech about the need for disability insurance in the Black community. And it came up with a great speech with jokes and with uh, stats and everything. And I was like, yo, this is real. And then... There's another day when our analyst had a question for me and I couldn't answer it. And so he went on chat GPT and he found the answer. And then he, and then when I got off the phone, I said, Hey, let me give you the answer. And it was the same exact answer. And I'm like, wow, this thing I think is pretty, pretty powerful. Yeah. Super powerful. So I haven't touched it. I know my boyfriend uses it, um, from time to time and something happened where we had to write an email to somebody or we were on the same email and I just responded really quickly. I was like, oh, I'm going to, you should say this. And he was like, oh, did you get that from chat GPT? And I was like, no, why? He was like, because I asked it um, the same question and it gave me a very similar answer. Mm. So I yeah, don't like it. That's the thing now. That's the thing like now. It. People are like making chat GPT compete against MBA students at Harvard to see who comes up with the best answer. And we're at a point where it's it's doing this thing a little bit. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I do think there's a place for AI. We're going to talk about that for sure. I mean, it's already a part of our lives, right? I think what we're talking about is something that's becoming a lot more sophisticated. But, you know, from my understanding, like AI is rooted in information that it can find that already exists. And part of the issue that people are finding is that all of the information it's pulling isn't true. And it doesn't know that. Yeah. Right. And so if it's pulling from the internet and algorithms and things like that, there are plenty of things on the internet that are not true, but AI doesn't know that. And so yeah. it is pulling all of that together and disseminating something that people are easily taking at face value because you feel like there's some genius brain. The genius brain is the information that already exists. It's just the ability to go through it quickly. But all of the information is not true to begin with. That's a fact. That's a fact. So so let's talk about it. So today we'll, we'll do again, we'll talk about AI. What is it? But we're going to end with like how to make money from it. Not only how to make money from it, but it is impacting the market. Like it is impacting the financial markets for sure. So we need to talk about that a little bit. But yeah, like how can you make money from it? And I'm telling you, there's some really good information. So first, let's go through some stats, right? So the revenue from AI is expected to reach $126 billion by 2025. That's loot. That's loot. That's, and that's, that's not a, that's not too far off. 
Yeah, no, that, that's that's a lot. Yeah, research says that 37% of organizations have implemented AI in some form, whether they know it or not. Um, and the percentage of companies employing artificial intelligence has grown 270% over the past four years. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a rise. big that's a big worry for people, right? Is that like the robots are going to replace us, um, you know, minority report or whatever that like we're not our employers are no longer going to be looking to hire people. Instead, they're just going to be using AI. You're still going to need people. And we're going to get into that. Some of the career opportunities that will come from AI for sure. Yeah. Other uh, research says that by 2025, 95% of customer interactions will be powered by AI. What that tells me is two things. One, get your skills up workforce. If you are in a customer service position, like these jobs are being targeted by AI. That's number one. Um, Number two, I hate to say it, but I look forward to getting more like better customer service. (laughs) Like sometimes I get such bad answers from people that just started at a job and they're giving you the wrong answer with confidence. So I I won't be mad at a chatbot giving me the right answer in the future. Yeah, I don't know if I even think it's going to be that. I feel like a lot of customer interactions are online now. And so I don't think it's going to be happening at your local grocery store or at the local hotel, but like in our online interactions, our online transactions, those will be AI generated. I'm not mad at that. Yeah. I want people to have jobs. Facts. I want them to have better jobs. Yeah, for sure. And you want better customer service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, other research shows that 32% of S&P 500 companies have mentioned AI in their earnings calls. With the biggest concentration, of course, in tech, but also real estate, communication, and financial services. Mm-hmm, Everybody's talking about it. Yeah, banks are using this to try to detect fraud. That's why a lot of times our bank transactions don't go through when we try to rent cars and get hotel rooms. And I'm mad at AI when it does that to us, but they're using it. That's not AI. That's still racism. That's just yeah, no, that's a fact. Crazy. Yo, speaking of which, AI could be racist. Facts. I was just getting ready to say if that. The inputs, if the I was inputs just are racist, getting ready to say that. The output is racist. All I'm saying. If it's pulling from existing information, right? You, you don't know what, what where AI is being influenced from, yeah. right? And if it's just pulling mm-hmm. all information that's available on the internet, it's all types of foolishness out AI there. AI could be upholding white supremacy. There you go. Here. All right. Sean King, get on that. (laughs) (laughs) Do the research. (laughs) You're in the right place. If we needed a black AI, what would it be called? Um, I think it should be AI also, like Alan Iverson. I think we should say like the one, the answer. AI was called the answer, right? Yeah, the answer. Okay. So y'all got AI, but we got the answer. Yeah, that's right. I like that. We'll now here's that. the big here's the big thing that Wall Street is paying attention to because Wall Street has been on fire with regards to AI this year, and it's because AI is expected to be really helpful with companies and their profitability. And the profitability is going to come from productivity gains. Like productivity gains means I can get more done with the same amount of people. So they're expecting seven trillion dollars in global productivity gains across the world. Companies being able to do way more with less people and taking that extra profit and putting it in their bottom line. That's huge. That is huge. It is definitely huge. And so we are excited about it. We are mindful. You know, we are paying attention. We're not jaded um, by what this is and what this isn't. But 
you know, I definitely believe that AI is here to stay. First of all, AI has been here, right? So AI started yeah. in the 1950s. Let, let's be clear yeah. about that, right? Yeah. Like yeah. this technology, you know, just working on it, the emergence of it, it started in 1950s. Then it's continued to grow as we've advanced in technology over the years, but it's been here. Yeah. You know what the, the first AI activity was, Tiffany? May I enlighten you to that? I know what May it I? is, but I'm going to let May you tell Okay. The listeners, what it, it is? It was a small robotic mouse that could navigate a simple maze and remember its course. The mouse was called Theseus. I think that's from the Bible, by the way. Wait, first of all, there's no Theseus. <laughs> there is no Theseus in the Bible at all. Maybe that's Jesus, brother. No, it's Theseus. not. It's not. It's not. Okay, Theseus. So Theseus was out here. Yeah, you never stubbed your toe and, and cried out, Theseus! Oh my gosh. And and no one no, no one will. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's been around. I mean, I, there was this view in the 1950s, which again, it, it, there's the same view today. It was the idea that computers should be able to perform functions a lot faster than humans, enabling humans to be a lot more productive. Like AI is the potential to be like what the wheel was to humanity or what the um you know tools are like learning how to create a hammer or a screwdriver it could potentially be very revolutionary to how we get things done for sure so one of the big developments of ai really is this watson supercomputer that ibm created way back in the day and it really like became famous like i don't know if you had heard about watson before 2011 but watson went on jeopardy and it won jeopardy in 2011 a computer yeah like, i feel like that's kind of top that no that's, that's <laughs> to be expected i guess i feel like that's that is to be expected i expect a computer to be able to answer trivia facts statistics right like because even when someone knows a lot of things about something they call them a human computer like computers are supposed to have that type of statistical, finite information. I don't need you to tell me how to holler at a girl. Like, I don't yeah. need you, you know, to tell me how I'm feeling on the inside. I think that's the level of advancement we're starting to see where AI is starting to take on or feel like the form of human interaction. And that, I think, is the worry. So we have to talk about why you should or should not worry about that when we get back from break. So I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. So we are back. Yes. We are still talking about artificial intelligence and Alan Iverson. And, and the Theseus. Answer. And, and the Theseus. answer. And Theseus. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So like going back to Watson and why that was a big deal, like typically when you're trying to program a computer, you've got to use code. Like people are learning coding today. And the thing about Watson is that it was able to interpret regular human language as opposed to programming language and then give you an output in regular human language as opposed to programming. So because like 10 years ago, a, a machine could not do this kind of stuff. Like a, a machine 10 years ago could not recognize an image. It couldn't, you know, it, it really couldn't operate off of human language. It really needed to operate off of programming language. So things are changing. And like one of the big tipping points with AI is like when you look at things like 
recognizing handwriting as opposed to type, recognizing speech as opposed to programming language, recognizing imaging. We hit a tipping point around 2019, 2018 or so, where AI became better at it than human beings or faster at it than human beings. And, and once we hit that tipping point, that's when AI really had the potential to be big. And we're starting to see that right now. So we should talk about what is AI. Absolutely, right? So artificial intelligence is a machine's ability to perform the cognitive functions we usually associate with human minds. And we're talking about reasoning, learning, interacting with an environment, problem solving, perceiving. Like these are things that typically are not associated with a computer. So there are two types of AI. There's generative AI, which focuses on creating original and novel content. Then there's also predictive AI, which aims to forecast future outcomes based on historical data patterns. That's kind of what I was talking about earlier today, because a lot of the things that AI spits out is based on historical data that it is found on the internet somewhere, anywhere. And again, that information isn't always true. Yeah, and predictive and, and generative are very, very different. Like think about predictive as like when you're on your phone and you're texting and you spelled something wrong and your phone is suggesting that you spell it this way or it tries to predict the next no, word you're going to no, write. No, 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 I have that, a better That's predictive. One. I got a okay. better one. All right. When you're on your iPhone and you're about to text, who do, does she think she's talking to? And it puts <laughs> okay. duck in there. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You know, that's it. First of all, <laughs> wasn't trying that's, to say that's duck. Hating. That's that, <laughs> Yeah. That. But his history would tell you that duck makes sense. No, but yeah. yeah, so they are very different, right? And so with generative AI, it's capable of like generating new content in the form of like text, image, audio, code. So as Alan mentioned earlier, um, you know, like write me a rap song or put together a rap song. Speaking where, of which, did you uh -oh. did you see that there was a song that was submitted to the Grammy Facts. committee? It First was of a all, Drake. Song I've been I've been that stopped. Drake didn't do. I've been stopped dealing with the Grammys, so I wouldn't I wouldn't expect anything less from them. They will take any content um, as long as they don't have to give it to black people. So mm. whatever to the Grammys, um, they could wow. have it. I sorry. Tell them why you mad? Son. Sorry, sorry. Um, but yeah, so that's generative AI. Traditional AI is you know, where systems are making predictions, right, about human behavior, business outcomes. Um, they are communicating with humans in their natural language. As you mentioned, Alan, instead of code, they're using words and speech. Like you, instead of computer language or jargon, like it understands slang, it meets humans where they are at a human yeah. level. And you know, that, that is that, I mean, it's impressive, but what's tricky is how we're going to use it. And I guess one of my concerns is how we're going to regulate it. I do believe that there needs to be regulation, even if it's just regulation around where it's able to pull data from. Because okay. if you are pulling data from, you know, the KKK archives. Yeah. That's not or, or if you're pulling data and you're not paying the people that you pulled the data from. Like right. All these writers, like mm -hmm. these writers deserve to be paid for the fact that AI is working off of their input. So yeah, that's the ethical part of it. So as we go into the definition of AI, here's some other keywords that you might hear. Machine learning is one of them. Machine learning is a branch of AI and computer science, which really focuses on using data and algorithms to imitate the way that humans learn. So it's teaching a computer how to learn is machine learning. Neural networks is really thinking about 
mathematical models that are inspired by the human brain structure. So you've got neurons on the network that takes in inputs and they perform computations that create outputs. It's modeled after the brain. It ain't like the brain. The brain is a lot more complicated for sure. Mm -hmm. Large language models. So this is another type of machine learning model that talks about training the computer using large amounts of unlabeled data. So like chat GPT is the most well-known large language model. And then finally, it's natural language processing, which again, we've talked about, it's the ability for a computer to understand text and spoken word in a similar manner to humans. So those are some of the words you might hear, some of the jargon. Right. But you have to understand that we are already using AI, right? So for everybody who's like, listen, I'm not on board with this. I don't like this. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> I'm not down with it. I'm not down with this. Sorry, fam. Like you're already using it. Here are some of the ways that it's showing up in your life today. Face ID on your phone. Mm-hmm. I don't use that. Um, but yeah, face ID, recognizing your face. <laughs> like, what do you think? What do you think is happening there? Like recognizing your face, that is artificial intelligence. Social media, the algorithm. Everybody always talks about the algorithm. The algorithm is artificial yeah. intelligence. You know, I hate some of these algorithms because they even know when I screenshot. I sometimes screenshot stuff as a joke on social media and then they keep showing it to me. So exactly. like social media thinks now that I have erectile dysfunction. They think <laughs> that I want to wear like, <laughs> like all these provocative clothes. <laughs> like I, I screenshot them as jokes, AI. <laughs> It's not because I want that stuff. It is. You definitely want it. I mean, why are you screenshotting it if you don't want it, right? <laughs> but that the algorithm, that is artificial intelligence, 100%, uh-huh. right? Just paying attention to what you're looking at. If you spend a little bit more time on this picture, if you start to slow down on your scroll, and then all of a sudden you're seeing more and more of it. Mm-hmm. Alan mentioned earlier, like spell check. Um, there's a platform that we love called Grammarly and mm-hmm. you literally download it on your computer. And from that point, moving forward, like as you're writing, whether it's an email or a word document or whatever, it will recommend a better way to say that thing for you. Not like spell check, not like, you know, Microsoft word puts that line under it and it just annoys you throughout. <laughs> you might your not want to write document. that. <laughs> right. But like, you might not want to write that even in your email, like as you're typing correspondence in an email, it'll fix it. It'll say, nah, it should sound like this. Or, you know, you should say it like this. I know Microsoft Word now, it loves telling me that I need to make my sentence more concise. First of all, yeah, I wanted to use all those words. Self. No, so I wanted... Wordy. I'm not wordy. lady. If I'm being honest, this is when I am reviewing your documents, Alan. Oh my God. <laughs> I wasn't no, going to put you out there like that. It's really just... <laughs> When I am reviewing your documents, um, but again, that that is okay. That's that's all AI, search engines, Siri, Alexa, mm-hmm. all these women, uh, the smart home devices. Like anytime you hear smart at this point, you, it's artificial intelligence. Um, yeah. Banking now is using AI, as Alan mentioned earlier, chatbots. You know, again, when you are online and you're on an online website, when you're online, whether you're buying something or some sort of retail focused website, and it'll say you, you need help, you're not talking to a real person anymore, right? Like you see that it's a bot that's talking to you. It is, it is AI. And so it is everywhere. It is everywhere. This the concern mm-hmm. is how much farther will it go? And honestly, it's going to go a lot farther, but it's not a bad thing if we can capitalize on it. It's not a bad thing if we can figure out how to make money off of it ethically, Mm -hmm. um, right, without ruining the world and, you know, make our lives a little bit easier. Yeah. It's also impacting 
areas of business that we don't see. So programming is a big one. So AI, because it's generative, it can be used to actually write code. So we're seeing 15 to 20% productivity enhancement for coders who can use AI to write portions of the code for things that they're building. And that's going to be done using software that might only cost $10 a month. Mm -hmm. And it might take away the need to hire two or three programmers. That's incredible productivity enhancement. To me, it sounds like it's taking away the need to go to college. <laughs> Man. Man. I'm just saying, like, at least, not, wave of jobs. At least not for four that. years. I don't know if I need to do four years. I think yeah. I need a certification and uh, some Internet, some Wi-Fi. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. So some here's some of the future applications. Some of these are happening right now. So I met a salesperson a while back who uses AI to help her to figure out which companies to target for the product that she's selling and specifically who are the people at those companies that are responsible for those decisions and who's got the budget that might line up with the product I'm selling. So I like, like when, you're, when you're in sales, like you spend a lot of time like just going up the wrong tree. And so AI is going to help you to tease out who to contact a lot better. You can also use it. I don't know if you've been peeping this, like I'm getting a huge uptick in marketing emails and they're all like, Hey, Alan, like I sent you this. Did you not get like, I think that's AI. Like I, like people are using AI now for emails to like have campaigns that seem personalized and written in different formats every time. It's not like the same exact blast every time. Each email that you get is worded a little bit differently. And that's one of the, you know, the hallmarks of, of generative AI. Yeah. So I'm a little worried about AI taking over a little bit. And, and in particular, when I think about the financial planning space, like we're, we're financial planners, it's one of the areas that um, I think human interaction has been, you know, really important in this space. Like you can automate investing, but you can't really automate planning was kind of my historical view. But now that my analysts can go on chat GPT and find out the answers to questions. And I also know that, you know, you can use the voice of, let's say Drake, or for my kids who are big Star Wars fans, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and eventually you can generate an image and have that image talking. So there may be a day when my baby son would prefer to talk to a computer gener generated financial advisor that looks like his favorite Star Wars character and sounds like Drake that's given very accurate advice. Here's the thing. I'm not worried about that, right? Like I'm not, I don't think our clients, people work with financial advisors, especially in long-term relationships because they like them, because they trust them. And it's more than just a transactional experience. You want to be heard you want somebody to check in on you. You like mentioned, you mentioned earlier, like you want better customer service, right? And so people, when it comes to their wealth, yes, they want to know the data. They want to know, they want projections. They want to consider future performance and things like that. But they also want someone who cares. They also want someone to talk to. They also want someone they can share their fears with. It's a two-part job. Like we are very clear that like people have to like us in order to hire us, no matter how smart we are. That's not enough for the average client. Now, I do think in these newer generations, they don't have personal skills Never anyway. Know. They don't have social skills. <laughs> so they definitely want to talk to Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? Yeah. Um, and that's, but, that's cool for them. I think what it does is just provides options based on the type of person that you are. But I think our clients, 
And the other people who are like our clients, they want to talk to someone. They want to know that you care. They want to connect with someone. They want to know if you're going to show up at their kid's birthday party. Like all of those yeah. things really do. But, but we also want the right answer. Like, and I will yeah. say, you know, sometimes people get a second opinion from a doctor and there, there might be a second or even third doctor that diagnoses a problem differently because they've seen more. Like I, I imagine that there will be a day when doctors are really using AI to go and read all the different medical journals across the world no, to help are. them to make more informed decisions about your medical care. There's a show, I think, I'm not sure what streaming platform it's on, but there is a show that exists where there's a woman doing that, where she's using AI. She had people write in to her about illnesses or symptoms that they have that have been unexplained and how she's been using AI to help resolve those things for her. I think mm -hmm. that's beautiful. You still, you don't mm. want to, you need you a know, doctor now. <laughs> you need yeah. someone who's gone to medical school and passed no, the because, bar. And you want that, Sorry. right? Because what, is it the all... bar? Meg, what is it called? You become a doctor. Um, <laughs> The your boards, boards. your boards. Yeah, you want somebody with your boards, okay? <laughs> and the, the bars, the boards and yeah. the bar. So but... speaking of boards and bars, my whole my crew, I'm with in this guy's trip. It's all lawyers and doctors and principals and business owners. Like these, are my smart friends, y'all. I, I love them. But go on. No, but I was gonna say, like all of us have done it, right? You get a cough, something ain't feeling right. Next yeah. thing you know, you're on WebMD, right? You're on yeah. WebMD, and now you got cancer. Yeah. Yeah, and the crazy thing about like the same symptom, it'd be like 17 different illnesses. Right. You're like, I got all of them. <laughs> Here's the thing. You don't want to find any of that out from WebMD in the same yeah. way that you don't want to find it. Now, you want to maybe get some insight and then take it to a person. But yeah. I don't want to know for sure from a Google search, right? So yeah. I do want to walk into a doctor's office and say, listen, so I was doing some research and i think it could be these things can we look into that but again yeah. i don't think all we're right. not at a place where now, hold on. we what about don't this want one? human interaction what about this one all right you used to be in brand planning right advertising was part of it brand management brand management yes. I, I don't know the words okay <laughs> and imagine a company wants to plan their ad budget for a particular campaign mm -hmm. and they use ai to like run a whole set of predictions as to well if i spend money on this and versus that, like how many um, impressions I might get, ultimately how much I'm going to convert in terms of sales. Like, I think that could be a powerful use of AI. Totally. I just think, I agree with you. I just think that it's going to have to be a partnership. I think yeah. that no one wants to remove the complete human element. It Humans are going to have to engage and utilize no, AI. Sure. You cannot act like it's not happening. You need to make it a part of your arsenal to make you more productive, to make your company work better for all the things. Here's the other thing, and we're just keeping it a buck. People need someone else to blame. If 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 it goes wrong, <laughs> yeah, you're you not about Watson. Right. <laughs> and chat GPT. <laughs> Yeah, you you know, need GPT to be able to call somebody you, uh, <laughs> and be mad and blame somebody. Yo, could you imagine using ChatGPT in dating, like analyze all your dating and like predict the right husband for you? Like, yeah, I'm sure somebody's working on that Netflix. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a that's movie. Crazy. That's yeah, a that's that could crazy. be a dating show. That could be a yeah. AI said this is who your partner is. Yeah, and now you got to make it work.
or not. And if it doesn't work out, blame Allen Iverson. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also like going back to advertising, like it could be used to generate the ad. Maybe it generates three or four different ad choices. And now you put that in front of a, a bunch of real people and see which one they like the best. But I think what you're doing right now, right, like it's tapping into where our conversation is going. If that's the case, maybe you're a small business owner. Maybe you're a small business owner. You don't have a big advertising budget. You can't hire mm -hmm. an agency, all these things. It might be helpful for you to use AI to help you come up with some of your creative materials, come up with a social media plan, let you know who you need to be reaching out to, right? So to develop and grow this business, that will help you make money sooner, better. It might be the thing that might be the your first employee, the first employee that you need, Burn. right? To mm -hmm. go ahead and get this business off the ground or you don't talk back. <laughs> no sick days. And he's only $10 a month. The issue Lord is that me. he's also always listening. And so Ooh, and judging <laughs> and judging. And he remembers everything. Yeah. Right. But you know, but going back to AI and how to make money from it, I think that's what we're transitioning to. Like AI is a productivity tool. Mm -hmm. So like some of the ways that you can use AI to make money is to enhance your own productivity. That could be at your job or as Tiffany mentioned, that could be in a company. So one of the things that also prompted me to start researching this a little bit more is on this trip, one of my homeboys runs a nonprofit that he started in Baltimore. It's called Beat the Streets Baltimore. It's a wonderful nonprofit in Baltimore where they're teaching young men and women STEM through wrestling, which is a great, it's a great nonprofit. But what he's been doing this whole trip is using AI to generate a bunch of presentations for him i love a it. bunch of like literally make the slides like put the content on on there reorganize it he's using it to create budgets to create email campaigns so productivity it's a great way to enhance your productivity yeah that and there's a bunch of other things we can talk about so stick with us i'm tiffany hawkins i'm alan boomer and we're the momentum advisors it's the Thank you so much for listening to the Momentum Advisors Show. This is Sean King, founder and CEO of the North Star. If you want to hear more shows like this, featuring black and brown voices on the most important issues of the day, head over right now to thenorthstar.com to discover all the podcasts we have to offer. We have over 500 different episodes from six different podcast series, and they're all great. Check them out. So we're back. Yes. We are still talking about artificial intelligence, and I feel like this is a really good conversation to have. Um, because I'm sure y'all have been talking about it, and if you haven't, you've definitely been hearing about it. To Alan's point, if his mother is talking about it, then you are mm -hmm. talking about it. Your children are talking about it. If you have kids, it's AI all in your house. Um, every yeah. video game, everything that comes through that house, I'm sure has ai affiliated with it but Thanks. you know it is some controversy is this helpful is it going to hurt us as a society is it going to go too far has it already gone too far we can't really answer those questions just yet but again i strongly believe there's a place for ai but there's a place for it along with human engagement with human partnership 
right? I feel like we need to be utilizing AI to our advantage to be more productive, to make more money, to grow, to advance, to do all the things that we need for. It's a tool for us. I don't want it to control us. I want it to be a tool for us as human beings. But there's a lot of ways that we can start to capitalize and make money off of it. And we don't want you to miss that train. Absolutely. So before the break, we were talking about enhancing your own productivity and the fact that AI can be used to generate a whole bunch of stuff. Like some of the stuff it could be used to generate, it's ideas. Like it's, hey, I want to finish this book or I want to finish this script and I can't think of where to take it. Or I want to create a beautiful PowerPoint presentation. I don't know how to get my my point across very well. Can you generate what the slides should look like? Um, so some of the sites that you can use for some of this stuff, I mean, ChatGPT is great. ChatGPT's output, though, is really only words, which might be what you need. So there, there are some applications that use ChatGPT's large language model and then add some additional enhancements onto it. So other examples besides ChatGPT, there's ChatSonic and there's also Jasper. And these are some of the tools that my homeboy has been using all weekend to enhance his own productivity. And some of these tools are linked into Microsoft where, again, you can create the slides and then Microsoft will format them for you um, using their AI. So enhancing your productivity is a big aspect of generative AI. But let's also talk about career opportunities, right? Like in AI that don't require you to have years and years of experience or to know how to code or have Again, just uh, be super, super technical. There's something called a prompt engineer where you mm-hmm. can make upwards of $300,000 a Wait, year. What? Wait, Hear what? me out. Hear me out. Now, this is where being a human is helpful in this mm. AI world, right? So with prompt engineers, you know, these chat AI interaction, these bots, they respond with prompts, human-like prompts. Well, somebody has to work with AI to help write these type of prompts for them to be in their system, for them to be in their database. And so a prompt engineer is when a company hires humans to help them in creating prompts, responses for AI to use. Mm-hmm. Now, come on. Three, 300,000? Upwards of 300. And all you have to do is know how to respond. In English. Like, in English. I think you need an MBA, a master's, a PhD. Um, a GED. <laughs> Listen, because <laughs> like think about like so some of the generative AI is creating images. Like imagine trying to explain to a computer in words how to create the image that you're looking for. Like a prompt engineer, they've specialized in creating the the perfect output where the input is their own words. And there I think go. that's a great career choice. There's also chatbot designers, right? Now that's okay. not making a to three hundred thousand dollars that's around ninety thousand dollars but listen you know we are team team side hustle that that especially especially if you're a college student especially Mm -hmm. if you're a high school student right and so ai chatbots they produce content right and you want the content to be as similar to human-like content as possible so firms need humans to ensure again that it communicates like another human and so these designers are also similar to prompt engineers writing scripts for virtual Mm -hmm. customer service support so whenever you go on att.com or whatever you go on whatever platform because you need help they need scripts for how to respond a chatbot designer is helping create the scripts for those chatbots Listen, you could do that all day. You can literally do yeah. that at any age under any circumstance. Let me let me yeah. stop right now. Christmas is approaching. Mm. You don't got it. 
These are ways that you can get it. And it doesn't really, yeah. this is, this is not age specific. You do not have to be super tech savvy. Like these, this is what I'm talking about when I say AI needs human partnership. Yeah. One thing that is very frustrating, like I, I had a rental car the other day where my battery died and I got to go catch a train and I'm calling this rental car company and I'm just trying to tell them like, look, come and get your car and I'm going to take an Uber. Like I got in this endless loop of prompts, like push this number, then push this. And then you speak to the person and they're like, oh, let me send you back to the thing. So like these these designers who can design these scripts and these paths of where the query takes you next, that's huge. Facts. Facts, right? There's another, this this is another career opportunity that might give us some hope. There's mm. AI ethicists. <laughs> Wait, say that again. AI ethicists. Ethics. Okay. Ethics, okay. Right? Okay. And so we're so worried about these machines and their ethics or lack thereof. Companies recognize this, right? And so they recognize that AI is going to need some regulations, um, that it is going to need to understand some at least standard level of ethics. And so businesses need guidance. They need human guidance to help navigate how AI grows ethically. And so they are hiring AI ethicists to help promote accountability and responsibility in the use of AI. Mm. So what type of technological background do you need to be ethical? Just what your mama taught you. See what I'm saying? Rule, do See what other does. You would have them do unto you. That part. And don't be a jerk. Or racist. Or sexist. Or hurt people on purpose. Yeah, the thing about AI that we talked about, like it's it's taking some aspects that typical computers can't do. But it's not human. Like there's no ethical aspect of AI. Like AI is not generating compassion. It's not generating fairness. It's mm -hmm. creating based on the inputs and it's not always ethical. And that's not going to work for us long-term, right? Even the most, it doesn't matter how doom and gloom we feel like society is. We know that's not the case. We know we all care about something. We do have a code of ethics. Even if we don't all agree on them, everybody does have a code of ethics. It's only so long People are going to be comfortable with cold interaction. Like there's limited growth in that. And so it needs to evolve. It needs to have a code of ethics so that there's more buy-in from humans. But again, it's the human partnership that's going to make AI work. And so there's a lot of money to be made today, literally starting today. Mm -hmm. So right before we started the show, I went on one of my favorite websites, mm -hmm. Upwork. Oh, I thought she was about to say Black Planet. <laughs> Shut up. I thought you were about to say Blavity. <laughs> Absolutely not. I went on Upwork. I thought Upwork. you were about to say The Shade Room. Not at Go all. Ahead. I went on Upwork and they are already, they are looking for prompt engineers on Upwork and they are paying $90 to $150 an hour. That is like a good, that's some good, that's some good change. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Um, we got to end this podcast. I might need to go become a prompt engineer on the side for when, $150 an hour. Per hour. Per hour. Okay. <laughs> to the young people listening, a pair of Jordans per hour. Listen, okay. to the parents. Jordan ones. Jordan ones. To the parents who you have a 12-year-old, but you know you have to pay for college in six years. Somebody needs at night to be hitting up work or doing some of these things or putting your kids on a stroll or something. Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
Yeah, there is money to be made out here. I know, again, I know the narrative is that it's taking our jobs. And I'm not going to hold you. It is going to shift the need for humans in certain positions, but it will not replace the need for us entirely. We just have to pivot and grow with the times and use AI as a tool. And again, and not to control us. Yeah. And for those young men out there dating, $150 is a nice date. That's a date. I'm saying every hour I'm saying you, you right. can generate enough cash to go on a date. You see how that works? Listen. And for the ladies, <laughs> everybody Listen. should be a prompt and, engineer. And 10 hours, that's a little vacation. That's a nice little vacay. Wait, you might get a BBL after a while. <laughs> you might Listen. go way up to a BBL. Ladies, if you're trying to get food out, <laughs> put that man on <laughs> to some AI. All right. The difference between you can take care of yourself. You might not need a man listen, if you the got the difference between economy and first class is a couple hours engineering. <laughs> couple of hours with some AI. Yo, I will say a spa treatment generally starts at around $150. Listen. Self-care. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. Okay. Mm -hmm. That soft life might be closer to you. It might be lives. closer than you think. <laughs> ladies, ladies who, who may be pregnant right now, you gotta you gotta quit your job. You're trying to figure out this work-life balance. I'm not ready to go back to work. I want to stay, stay home with my baby. That's a remote job, my Bump that job. Mm-hmm. I'm a prompt engineer. Right. You don't even gotta be prompt. <laughs> <laughs> you could be late. You could do it on your own time. So I know we're almost out of time, but we've got to talk about how to make money as an investor. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of folks who listen to us, they've got a portfolio and they're trying to figure out how to position their own stocks and bonds in a way that helps them to make money off of AI. So the first thing I'll say is that a lot of companies that will profit from AI have not been made yet. And so some of these companies can't be accessed through the stock market. But if we think about the companies who can be accessed through the stock market, there are some good finds there because you've got to realize that we are in kind of the the phase one of generative AI. Phase one is where it's still being built. Like think about the gold rush where people who made the most money were the people who sold the picks and the shovels to the prospectors who were digging for the gold, mm. right? And so right now, those large tech companies um, can really be divided into three categories, right? So one would be the enablers. The enablers are the companies that are making components like semiconductors and other equipment that is needed to be able to be the backbone of AI technology. So the big company there is NVIDIA, but there's others like NVIDIA is up 200% this year, but any semiconductor company that has semiconductors that can be used for artificial intelligence can be part of that enabler group. Next, I'd say is the hyperscalers. These are mega cap companies, big companies that have big cloud computing infrastructures, and they can use that to commercialize AI. So think about companies like Microsoft, which has a huge installed base of users who will benefit as they push and commercialize and figure out how to make money off of AI. Uh, Alphabet and Amazon, other examples of these hyperscalers. These are companies that have big, big balance sheets, lots of cash that can be used to invest in this sort of technology. And then finally, the empowered user space. So these are companies that are going to amplify their business models using AI technology. A big one would be like Salesforce. Salesforce is literally a productivity company. It's a company that helps salespeople to make better sales, right? And so 
being able to infuse AI technology into a business like that will certainly help to amplify that business model. But there's a bunch of others and you need to be doing the research. You know, the one thing I'll say is that like we're very early in this game. Um, I know we said it started in the 1950s, but in reality, this generative AI thing is less than a year old, really. Right. And so as a result, there's going to be a lot of hype around AI and it may not all turn out to be good investment. So don't just jump on everything. 100 percent. And when there's a lot of hype, there's a lot of wrong. Right. And so some things are going to work out. Some things are not. Please don't assume you have all the answers. Please, you know, just because you saw it scrolling on Instagram or social media, it's not law. We have to pay attention. And so I think we digest this slowly. And in the meantime, we look out for how we can take advantage of it, how we can capitalize on it. Because again, we want this to be a tool for us. And right now, I think we have found some ways where we can you know, pay attention to our portfolios in the financial markets. We can make a little money on the side or in the front. Um, you know, get involved from a career perspective. Um, also, just be mindful of how to make it more productive, whether it's in your career or in your personal life. But let's use it as a tool while we're also paying attention to how it can make us some extra dollars. Absolutely. And finally, before we go, I know we've kind of debated this back and forth. Like AI is going to be very helpful. It's going to add to productivity in the world. It's probably going to displace some jobs. It is. But it's not going to be the end of the world. It's also going to create some jobs as well. AI in its current format is not smart enough to eliminate humans. And so because of that, we don't want you walking around afraid selling your company because you think it's going to be worthless in a couple of years. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and doing oh. dumb stuff because you're worried about AI taking over. Like, yeah. it's it's not there yet. It's generative AI. It's not general AI. General intelligence is like iterations away, probably yeah. decades away where a computer can actually think like a human and where there's a robot that can actually do things like a human can do. We're not there yet. And so you want to be paying attention, but not worried. You want to make sure that you're in a position to take advantage for sure. I agree. So listen, we're still learning, but we'll keep talking about it. In the meantime, um, Alan, you uh, continue your guys trip. Yes. And hopefully you'll make it back next week. Your lips to God's ears. <laughs> I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. Mom.